Hello foodies. Welcome to the Breaking Bread Podcast. A foodie podcast presented by food obsessed mates Liam, that's me, and Carl, that's me. Join us as we aim to peel back the curtain and give food lovers like us a real insight into what makes the hospitality industry so fantastic. Our fortnightly episodes will bring interviews with people from all over the industry. And Liam and I will discuss everything food related from reviewing places we've ate to chatting about recipes we're experimenting with at home. We hope you enjoy listening to our chats as much as we enjoy recording them. Hi everyone, hope you're all doing well. Eating lots of good food, I hope. Got a really, really big episode here today for you. One that I'm very excited to release. I recently got to visit one of my favourite restaurants and probably the most famous restaurant in Birmingham, Michigan Star Pinals. I got to sit in the lovely private dining area and have a real good chat to their head chef, Luke Butcher. Luke's a mega talented chef who has worked in some of the top restaurants all over England, including Adlard's in Norwich for the infamous David Adlard, the Hand and Flowers in Marlow for Tom Kerridge, and then finally moving up to Birmingham and working in Pennells, where he actually worked his way up to become head chef. Luke came to my attentions as someone that I'd really like to get on the podcast for two reasons, really. It was back in, I think, December where we visited Pinal's for a pre-Christmas dinner treat and four of the courses of the tasting menu were desserts and every one of them was outrageously good. I mean, even Carl, who's not really a big kind of desserts person, he was blown away by them too, he loved them. So I actually had a little look into why the desserts were so good and I found out that the head chef, who obviously we're chatting to today, Luke, is also a pastry chef. But the main reason that Luke kind of came to my attention, really, was his presence on Twitter. Like everyone who knows who uses Twitter, it's a bit of a cesspit. There's not much sense or logic or anything that goes on on uh, Twitter. But Luke kept popping up on my timeline, talking a load of sense, giving out great tips, like giving support to other chefs and calling out all kinds of bullshit, really. It's my first kind of thoughts when I seen his tweets was gosh but I bet his kitchen's really good to work in I bet it's nothing like all the awful kind of stories as funny as some of them may be from times gone by but it's nothing like that anymore and made me think maybe things are finally changing for the better so it got me kind of wondering what is it really like working in a Michelin starred restaurant in 2019 if it has changed or what's going on so it was kind of then that I decided in my mind that's it I need to have this fellow onto the podcast I need to pick his brains and find out what it's really like and maybe get a little bit of advice from him for young chefs who might listen to the podcast uh, I believe Luke's probably one of the best ones around to, to kind of listen to and learn from at the minute and ironically it was Twitter where I finally got chatting to Luke after um, me and the family went for breakfast one day at just a local cafe by us called Two Mugs they do great kind of little breakfasts and teas and coffees nice little place well, I didn't realise that Luke's quite a big fan of Two Mugs too lives quite close by so we got chatting about that before I kind of thought I'm just going to be cheeky and say any chance you can come on the podcast so a couple of DMs later and here we are so without much further ado i'd like to introduce you to chef luke butcher yeah that's <laughs> why i say we were in the two mark we were in there yesterday actually went for went for lunch yesterday with the kids yeah it's two marks yeah it's good the two marks yeah there, was, there wasn't much around Shirley there that you could go like that so well in, in fairness it's approved it's in, have you lived there how long have you lived there uh, I've lived in my house for six years but I've lived in the area for about 
nine years. Oh, so you know it's improved yeah. vastly. And my wife's yeah. lived there her whole life. So Before Parkgate, there was... Oh, my God, there's nothing yet. That's one of the main <laughs> reasons we, we got a house there. Just because yeah. that was being developed. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. and there's nothing now you've got all that you've got Fidel de la Sado obviously just open which is cool uh, we go to Desco Lounge all the time I like Desco Lounge yeah we talk yeah. with the kids all the time yeah. good stuff we know all the stuff in there good with the kids and yeah no it's good good area and we were going to move but now we've just decided to stay for another for another five years really it's, I've, I've kind of just recorded just to see how we're yeah, going cool. so we've kind of started this podcast as nearly all podcasts start is just a general chat so I'm going to introduce you now I'd like to welcome Luke to the Breaking Bread podcast. Hello. How you doing, mate? All good, all good. Um, really glad to be welcomed into this beautiful restaurant today, Pernell's. Probably one of the most famous restaurants in Birmingham. We'll get back to Pernell's, <laughs> but at the, at the, I kind of want to start off by starting where you started. Okay, so, so you're, my... not, you're not originally a, a Brummie. No, no, no. I done. Um, I met a Brummie when I was 16. Um, we fell in love and uh, I've not been able to leave, leave since. Uh, <laughs> once you fall in love with Brummie, you are drawn to this, uh, to this beautiful part of the world. So, yeah. So um, you're from Norwich? Norwich originally, yeah. yeah. So I started off um, at a restaurant called Adlards uh, in Norwich, which had one Michelin star. I kind of fell into it, really. Um, it was work experience for school. I was 14 um, and I was going to go to the Theatre Royal in Norwich and do my work experience there. And then I got home, told my parents, and my mum said, you're not going there. There's no point in going there. Where, where's a restaurant? There's going to be a restaurant on the list. And the only restaurant was a restaurant called Adlards. I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what Michelin star was. I just knew I liked yeah. to cook. Um, or attempt to cook at that what age. What was it that made your mum want to choose a restaurant? Or what? Well, she just thought it would be a waste of two weeks' experience to go and work at it, which she thought there could be something better out there. Yeah. So she had, that's what she said, let's have a look before you decide. Okay. Me making my own decision, obviously the wrong thing. She went, go there, it's a restaurant, it's got a really good reputation, go there. So I was like, okay, fine. And I nearly didn't go. I got there, got off the bus, walked past the restaurant, so I was 14 years old, looked in the window and there was a there's a lady sort of setting the tables and a sort of a, a crazy looking uh, silver haired man frantically walking around and I was like it's a bit intimidating that for me um, I walked past it two or three times and I thought oh sod it what's the worst that can happen walked in <laughs> they were expecting me uh, lo and behold the, the gentleman was uh, was David Adlard you know who now after leaving Adlard's and obviously moving on looking back I can appreciate and actually, obviously, admire him a lot for what he's done for the industry. You look back at his career, what he achieved. You know, he went into it at such a an old age. You know, didn't start yeah. cooking till he was thirty plus years old. Yeah. And you know, came back to Norwich after his stint at the Connell and uh, won a Michelin star, um, which is fantastic. And then, obviously, learning from him, working with him, as was 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 looking back at it now was an incredible incredible thing to do an incredible place to be so I went in there um, there's two guys in the kitchen here a guy called Roger Hickman who's uh, now bought the site which was Adlard's and is now running his own restaurant yeah. uh, Roger Hickman's doing very well by all accounts which is great and I have a chef called Stevie Watkin um, and there was yeah there was, the, was those two and a young ch- uh, another young chap who he was starting for potwash I think and then he was doing the pastry but anyway I, was, I just literally worked there part time Got on great my work experience. They said brilliant part time yeah. job. It was a fantastic part time job. Would work, go and wash up uh, during the week. Wash up on the weekends. They'd give me a bit of food to prep, and I'd be like, started off as a pot wash. Brilliant, yeah. 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 All young chef staff as pot yeah. wash, in my in, in my opinion, because it just gives you an insight into how a kitchen works and builds relationships as well. And then you know the rights and the wrongs. 
Uh, yeah, done that. And then I went to have something to eat. I think it was one of my parents' birthdays. Two weeks before I was due to start working. And then uh, they said, oh, can you start next week? Such, such, such the, one of the guys on the page, she's left. So there's only two of us. And yeah. I went, cool, I'll start on Tuesday. Brilliant. And I was at 16 years old, left school, finished school about four weeks beforehand, and straight in, straight into a, into a Michelin star kitchen, which is not everyone gets that opportunity. No. I didn't know what it was at the time. I just embraced it and, and, and went in there. Just willing to learn and went for it. That's yeah. it. That's, That's the it. the way to do it. That's it. Was the kind, this might be a bit of a silly question because I know what my answer would be, but not everyone's different. Was the food in Adelaide's much like the food you were used to at home? Oh no! Yeah, nothing, nothing there, nothing. Similar. I mean, my mum was a was a fantastic, or well, is a fantastic cook. She's got my sort of inspiration into it, and her her dad, um, my grand my granddad, he was he was a great great chef. You know, uh, he could make everything from, from scratch, absolutely everything. Um, when we used to go and see him in Cornwall, go down the market, you know, come back with fresh fish, prawns, you know, everything, cook them raw them down you know yeah, and that's yeah, kind of got my that's where I kind of got my love for it for yeah. so my mum she was fantastic cook cook, cook uh, traditional Thai food Chinese food you know everything but done correctly you know so yeah. she, food was always good at home always good and still is now when I go back when you say grandma was a good cook was he actual chef like yeah yeah he was chef? yeah in the, in the in the navy I'm sure it was in the navy um, and he yeah he when he finished and came back he'd do lots of uh Jobs, uh, some some uh, some on the good side of life, some uh, some little backhander jobs, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he, he got by, and he was yeah he was a great he was a great cook, and he yeah he I think it's probably about from that side of the family, two or three of us who have followed sort of in that um in the in his footsteps, uh, and yeah got the, sort of the inspiration from him really. What would you say was probably the best thing he cooked? Do you have a favourite? Oh, as I say, like when we used to go, we used to go down our, in our summer holidays or our school school term times. Me and my brother would go. Uh, and spend some time in Cornwall, and literally it'd just be, it'd just be the fresh, just I say fresh produce, you know, just simple fresh fish, fresh prawns. You know, he'd yeah. make chips, he'd cut the potatoes, blanch them, fry them, you know, himself in yeah. his small little kitchen, you know, and it just all of it just tasted proper, yeah. you know. You're always looking forward to going down there. That's it, because you know what I mean. That's it, and obviously I'm where I'm from, and obviously in Norwich as well. Seaside is in any direction you look that way. You travel, you'll get to a seaside, you know, yeah. uh, and walking along, you know, Great Yarmouth, Cromer, Sea Pauline, you know, Galston, all these lovely beaches. What I say, same thing again with the fresh seafood, you know, you get to one of those little, little uh, fishmongers, you get yourself a little pot of uh, prawns, cockles, whelks, you know, and you walk along, and you're eating them, and it's just, there's nothing, there's no better, there's no fresher taste than yeah. that for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Has any of the dishes he used to cook, or any of the things you, he used to cook, and has it inspired any of the dishes you've made since you've turned professional chef? No, because I say it was just because it was it was so different. Um, it was just his love of love of food, really, and his cookery, which only passed on to my mum, which then yeah. obviously came down to then to me, and obviously it must be must be in the blood. But uh, no, nothing nothing that uh, he done unfortunately was uh, has been replicated. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always good to ask you. Yeah, that. no, you no, exactly. Know. Yeah. Some, sometimes something. So, how long did you spend at Adlards then? Ooh, so I think um, so. I said I done my part-time work there, and then I left about two years. I think I done there. So for the first nine months, uh, or maybe first seven, eight months. So Roger Hickman was the was the head chef. He then left to go and do his, do his own thing. 
Uh, and then a guy called uh, Tom Kerridge came in as his first head chef position. A few people may yeah, have heard of Tom yeah, Kerridge. Yeah, when he was May, well, he was 29, 29 day old then. Yeah, so he came in. I was, um, yeah, very sort of blown away when he came in. It was almost like a complete contrast to the food that we'd been doing and sort of opened my mind even more to what could be done, you know. Which is just one thing of another chef to a, to another chef, you know. Completely yeah. change the style we're doing and how we ran things, and it just yeah, it was it was it was good, and we were busy. Um, and then to be fair, about sort of twelve months later, uh, twelve thirteen months later, I was looking to leave because I'd done sort of you know, including my part time work, I've been there nearly three years, you know. I thought yeah. time to go, and uh, and Tom was obviously really really helpful with that. I was obviously with uh, my girlfriend. Uh, obviously now my wife Gemma you know so he would be like okay well, she's in Birmingham he said there's a cool guy who's got a Michelin star in Birmingham uh, he's got a small kitchen he was on the front cover of Caterer that month you know and a guy called Glimper now had Jessica's yeah so we're like okay so Tom's like let's, let's arrange a, a stage or you know a work tr- if trial if he's got any positions let's see let's get your foot in the door yeah I said brilliant so we'll do that um, and then sort of a couple of weeks later Tom uh, he had a chat and said look I'm going to I'm going to open my own place um, but I'm not going to take any. Not, I don't want to take anyone. I'm not going to take anyone from the restaurant. Yeah, from Adlars. And I was like, okay, okay, cool. But I just want to let you know that I'm going. So I'm like, fine. And then I was kind of thinking, you know, what am I going to? What should I do? There's an opportunity here, and I just literally cornered him two weeks later. And said, look, I want to leave anyway because I want to yeah. further expand my career, my knowledge, and everything. Can I come with you? Open it up with you, you know? And he was like, yeah, you've asked me, but that's cool you do your right thing by, by David and we'll go yeah and that was it so we've done that how did how did that work out did he take it well uh, well no it was what it was you know I think he knew you know when I was young I was a young chef you know he knew he knew I wasn't going to be there forever he already had a chief fear about moving around a bit you know wanting to learn more yeah. so it was cool I mean it was what it was um and I've met him a couple of times since then, and we've still got a great. He came to eat here a couple of years back when his son graduated from uh, Birmingham Union. You know, we oh, had a great, nice. we had a great crack, yeah. and he's a lovely guy, and we've got a good, very good relationship. You know, uh, so no, that, it, but it was what it was. You know, and these things, these things happened. He got the team back in, and all was well. Yeah, we're there, but then yeah, so we left, and uh, one of the other guys who was working out as who was actually already left, uh, was handed handed his notes and was already going because he'd been there once again for too long. A guy called Chris Mackett. Um, he then came on board as well, uh, so the three of us went, went and uh, moved down to Marlow with Tom and his wife. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the start of that. So, what was your first role in Marlow? So, I mean, yes, there was three of us in the kitchen. Tom was on the pastry, obviously the um, chef chef prior, but he was in there on the pastry and the cold start every morning. Chris Mackett was sous chef. He was on the garnish uh, and. Sorry, he was on the meat and fish, sorry. And then there's myself, I was on the garnish, you know. I've been comedy chef, demi chef, maybe. I don't know. I didn't really have a title. I just went in and done it. We were just there doing it. It's a startup, so everyone's yeah. just got to do everything. You just got to do it, it, you know. So Tom's in every morning, morning, six o'clock in the morning, making the bread, you know. Me and Chris would trundle over from our little uh, uh, shack we lived in out the back, which was like a converted uh, sheds. Uh, I've been down there, it's, yeah, it's charming. Yeah, and we lived there for, for, for a while, you know, and we'd come over the morning and we'd just got on with it and done it. Six, you know, uh, Tuesdays to, to Sunday lunch and then Tuesday night to Saturday night, you know, so sort of five and a half days a week. But we knew what the, 
what it was for yeah. we knew what we were doing in terms of where we wanted to be and it was just t- tight knit team there was you know there's probably including the guys who were working out front uh, eight solid eight of us seven eight of us you know at first and it was obviously a lot of Tom's friends and family massively helped out with setting it all up yeah. and Beth's family massively helped out with setting it up you know and we were really a tight tight sort of group yeah so I stayed there for a year and then I kind of had a little uh, mini need to get out of the industry breakdown I've done it for so long I've had no life <coughs> you know <coughs> that sort of thing and then I kind of said Tom I need to I need to, to, to take some time away I need to stop doing it and he was brilliant in Beth turned around and said look whatever you want to do we'll help you you know work with notice and then and then and then left thinking that that, that was it I was gonna you were done I was I was done burnt out should you say yeah um, obviously but I was only sort of 19 19 years old 20 years old at this point but I'd worked hard for a long time and that was kind of it I had a year off almost um we just said that that wasn't so much like um, the hand and flowers for that was just the kind of environment that kitchen was at the time wasn't it it was I say because even when I was working part time you know all my friends and stuff were out doing stuff that teenagers do and I was working because I wanted to be at work so I was kind of done all that and then I worked hard solidly full time for that amount of time always missing out on everything like you do you just don't realise it at the time and then I kind of just came to a point I was like nah that's it I'm done so I moved back home, uh, back to Norwich, and then a friend of a friend, I, I, well, I had about a month of sitting on, on the sofa, dotting about, <laughs> realising this wasn't the way forward. <laughs> and then a friend of a friend uh, said, look, I've got a guy who I know who's uh, in the trouble uh, for staff. He's got a bakery out in Deerham. Um, do you want, you know, it's a couple of weeks' work there for you if you want to go and earn some money. I'm brilliant, I've got no money left. So yeah, let's go, I'll go and do it. Went out there thinking it's a couple of weeks, Good bit of money to earn for two weeks' work. Yeah. Done it, and then by the end of the sort of the two weeks, the guy said, "Oh, you know, do you want a job?" And I said, "No, I don't want to work. I don't want to, I don't want to work. I don't want to work in the industry. You know, I'm just doing yeah. it because yeah. I needed needed the money, so to speak." And yeah. he's like, "No, no, no." He said, "Yeah." I said, "Listen, I want, don't want to work any weekends. That's the whole point. I want to, you know, I don't want to be there." So just, we came to an agreement of uh, of my working hours, sort of uh, Monday to Friday, but then Fridays I could leave. Earlier, earlier, you know, and so not be there, so I still yeah, have my so you life. Can still go out, and, and I was like, well, "Brilliant, okay, we'll do it." And yeah, so I've done that for about 12, 12 to thirteen months. Um, yeah. Met some incredible people. Uh, two people in particular, very, very close friends of mine. And then it got to the point, and I, I went to, um, took my girlfriend to to Paris for her birthday, and done done a week there of eating, drinking, walking around. And I just went. She said to me, I think on the fourth or fifth day, I said, I've got to get back in the kitchen. Got to get back in the kitchen. What the bug again? That was it. I got home, phoned Chris Mackett, who was sous chef uh, at, the, at the hands. Obviously, it had been 12, 13, 14 months, you know, the star, at the star, things had obviously moved on. And I phoned him and said, I want my job back. And he went, okay, Tom, Tom will have you back, but you come in as, you know, come in as comedy chef. Yeah. And I went, yeah okay you know so the wage that I was on at the bakery I literally halved halved my wage yeah went back you know and had to I knew what I had to do I had to earn earn my stripes and earn yeah. earn that trust back you, you know that was a test yeah that was it and yeah. went back done it knuckled down it all obviously changed lots of staff there now you know I went to three people in the kitchen there was probably five five six seven 
you know and it was it was it was good um, and yeah after sort of three months I uh, got my promotion back to where, where I was so I, don't, <laughs> I passed the test and yeah and that was it and it was it was great and then I was there yeah for a good good five five odd years you know seeing the new kitchen which is now a new kitchen you yeah. know we went through all that and some of the, uh, some of the times you're there some of the people I've met are incredible and that's the one amazing thing about this industry is the people that you meet you know yeah. yes you won't get on with everyone yes you'll meet people that you don't like that's but life <laughs> yeah that, that's that's life and it's obviously it's a bit more under say under a micro, micro, uh, microscope a bit more sort of a pressure cooker forced into situations with people in a small area you know yeah. kitchens aren't massive you know unless you're in a sort of a big hotel but even then you're still working with these people yeah. closely and closely close and either forges great relationships or or not and luckily at the time that I spent at the hands I've got friends you know friends and family there there for life you know yeah. and even now even we do, I don't see some some of the guys for a year two years when we see each other it's like you know straight back into into where we were and the relationship is still there which is great and I know that if I need anything and I could ask them and they'd help me out and they know vice, vice versa you, you know. still have a relationship with Tom what, what was Tom like to work for? Tom's brilliant Tom, uh, Tom and Beth were like well I moved away from home first time at that young age they were like you know parents to me you know my, my second my second parents yeah. they don't you know, they're there for advice they're there for anything I needed you know and I never never wanted for anything and even now I've been gone nearly almost me nearly 10 years now I've been gone but even now if I, it's the same situation if I ever needed anything I know that I could ask him and I know that yeah. if they could do it they would do it yeah. you know and they've got a great relationship with myself they've got a great relationship with my wife because Tom's known known, known Gemma since since we were both 16 years old you know yeah. they've been there for that whole relationship once we've had it so they're he's, he's a fantastic guy uh, and yeah you see the stuff he does now you know he's always helping people he's always doing stuff for other people you know and luckily enough a couple of months back him and Chris uh, Mackett they're up this neck of the woods I think they're doing uh, the show at the, um, the Good Food Show or somewhere over and yes. then he um he came in for, for, for dinner, uh, which is the first time I'd cooked, cooked for him, well, and Chris actually, but first time I'd cooked for either of them since, since, since I'd left. Would you, you know? get nervous cooking for like a oh, little mentor? God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. It was, I, was, I was pacing around like a man possessed <laughs> in there, you know, and luckily they said they had a fantastic time and I truly believe what they say is true, you know. And yeah, we had a great time, we had a great catch up afterwards. And yeah, we've got a very good relationship and long may it continue, right? Yeah, good. I just want to go back to the, the whole burnout kind of thing. Yeah. Um, do you think that's changed in the last, how do you think the, the kitchen environment's changed in the last 10 years? Uh, the kitchen environment's changed massively, massively from when, from when I first started. Still not all completely changed as to where it should be. Um, I think, don't think anyone's uh, that naive to believe that. It should be. Um, there is a lot of pressure on long, young chefs, especially. But you have to—it's the way you, it's the way they get managed. It's the way they, um, as they react and they, and how you treat them, I suppose, as a, you know, as a senior member of staff, you know, or anyone really in the kitchen. It should be, it should be about encouragement, you know, and wanting to get these guys to learn and better themselves. And yes, you know, tempers will flare. Yes, people will get angry. Things will when things go wrong because they do, you know. Yeah. But that's the same in any 
in any job, in any line of work, it's just how you deal with it afterwards and during the situation. Yeah. That's, how, that's what makes it, you know. And I think the, the kitchen environments have changed. The working hours have changed. They're a lot yeah. better for people. You know, we here, we, we close two and a half days. You know, we yeah. close Sunday all day, Monday all day, and we don't start on Tuesday until one o'clock. You know, we've got two and a half days off. Um, everyone's off, the whole restaurant's shut. And then we have week off in Easter, two weeks over Christmas we shut, over Christmas and New Year, we never work Christmas New Year, and then the guys have got two weeks to choose their own holiday throughout the rest of the year, you know. Yeah, it's brilliant. So you get, we, we actively encourage that, you know, and and if and when we can during the week, if we're, if we've got, you know, a quiet-ish night, you know, then there's no reason that I'll send one or two of the guys home, you know, because yeah. you don't need everyone who stood there you know, not just two people doing nothing when we could everyone yeah. just be working all night and two people could have the night off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it goes yeah. and, it, and it works like that. And then the following week, if it happens again, it, two other people get the night off, then it'll, yeah. it'll work like that. You know, you've got, got to try and stop these guys from, from burning up, you know. Do you feel as a head chef, you've got now you've got a responsibility for that? To yes. To this change. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it is difficult because you want everyone here doing the job and it's obviously everyone has their purpose and job in the kitchen. So when everyone's here on a Saturday night, you know, they're all doing that one job. And obviously then in the middle of the week, you know, when we are slightly quieter or if we are slightly quieter, then we can sort of take someone out of that equation. But then obviously everyone else in the kitchen has to step up. But then they've got to realise it's the next week. Yeah. They'll have a night off, you know. And, but everyone's really cool with that as well, really cool. You know, and since, you know, since January, we've been, um, we've been two chefs down, uh, unfortunately. Um, we yeah. had one guy who was scheduled to leave and he left and then we had another, uh, a young girl who unfortunately couldn't, couldn't cope with it anymore and, and, yeah. and, and left um, with no, no notice which left us a little bit in the weeds uh, should we say mm-hmm. but we've been to say two down since then I've been interviewing people since then we had a guy who started last week so we're back up to one yeah. and then I've got another guy who's starting next week but obviously it's not as easy as people leave and replace them next week because they've got yeah. to hand their notices in their other jobs they've got you know you've got to see everyone on trial yeah but we've done that for eight weeks now we've been two members of staff down and everything's been good so that then makes you realize what you can do yeah with those extra two members of staff you yeah. know well i came in i think the, just before christmas and yeah. uh, yeah, it seemed brilliant then. It was a packed yeah. Saturday night and yeah, it was excellent. Good, so. really, really good. <laughs> Talking about um, young chefs and getting young, <coughs> youngsters into the industry, yeah. yeah. What, what one piece of advice could you give to any young chefs who are listening right now? Young chefs, they need to be like a sponge, I would say. By that I mean absorb everything, take everything in and, you know, take notes, write everything down. Go into a kitchen and learn, 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 learn everything. Yeah. Never be afraid to ask a question because there are no silly questions when it comes to food. If you ask why that happens or you ask what happens if you did this, you know, it might be wrong, but you'll then find out why that's yeah. not going to work or how this isn't going to work and why this reaction happens when you cook something in a certain way. You know, and you find out that that's what you've got. You've got to learn, constantly ask questions to learn. Yeah. And everyone is still learning today. I'm still learning today. I find out things that I don't know because food is constantly evolving. Yeah. So you can never stop learning. That's what these young guys have got to do. And also they've got to realise, I think unfortunately in this day and age, probably the last sort of four or five years, with a lot of cooking and chefs and TV programmes, social media, being a chef 
in this in this injury industry is, is made to seem like a rock and roll yeah. style of life. Ah, oh, yeah, it's easy. We can ah, oh, we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> but it's not. It takes years and years yeah. of learning and learning every single day to be able to get to that position. You know, and it doesn't come overnight. And you've got to knock it down and learn. And the hours are long. You know, yeah. even with restaurants you know going down to sort of four and a half days trading four days trading rather yeah. than five five and a half like it used to be you you do get that time but then when you get those that time you know so a lot of people tend to burn the candle at both ends you know but you've got it <laughs> you know so it is still going to be long hours and yeah. it's going to be hard and it's going to be a pressure environment but you've got to stick at it if you really really want it and learn 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 you know go and work somewhere for a chef that you admire research the food go well, actually you know I love that style of food, that style of food yeah. love that style of cooking I'm going to go and work there for two years and then while you're there you learn that, absorb that and go okay let's look you know teach look, look at everywhere like a school as well as yeah. well it's not just a job yeah it's a school it's a way of learning it's a way of life so maybe not be intimidated if you don't know everything that's okay Never. come passionate willing to learn that's it interested in food in general and well, just, that's it you can learn yeah. you can learn anything yeah. if you don't know yeah. how to do something and you ask someone to do it yeah. and they show you then you learn how to do I it I think that goes that. back on you as well then being approachable and that's it you know that's it. And that you, kind of chef if you find yourself in the kitchen that is, is like that where you ask a question and you get told to fuck off or get told oh, you're such an idiot or you're stupid which I don't think happens too much. No, no, but you might get that. And you yeah. might find yourself in that situation. Yeah. Then pack your stuff up and go and find a kitchen find that, 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 will, that will, you know, receive you and treat you correctly. Because there's lots of kitchens, well, most kitchens are like that. Yeah. They want people to ask questions. They want people to learn. Because once that young chef learns that ability or that new skill, they then become better, which then makes it easier yeah. for those people who are above them, you know. Could you recommend any books to young chefs? Any ones that you've read, really helpful. Ooh, books, 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 books. Um, from my side, um, from the pastry side, one book that I found incredible was a book called uh, Elements of Dessert. Um, yeah. American Chef. Fantastic. I mean, when I got when I got the book, it was about 120 odd quid. I think you can pick it up now for about 50 or 60 quid. But it's got a lot of interesting modern ideas concepts um, that will educate people and sort of open, open your mind to sort of different things but then uh, I'm thinking of a more recent one that I've looked at which is I'd say oh, another one one a restaurant that I was um, I was always admired when I was uh, when I was at the Hannah Flowers actually I was very close to attempting to go and work there uh, it was a restaurant called El Salad de Can Rocca yeah. Uh, and guy, a pastry chef that I know, um, who's a chocolatier, he was based in Marlow when I was there, called Damon Allsop. He was, um, he went there and trained Geordie Roker in the arts of the of the pastry. And um, yeah, he kind of got got my love for that, that restaurant, which is my goal before I reach for it, to go and eat there. Yeah. Uh, I've still got seven years, so I was determined to do it. Um, but yeah, that restaurant and the outside thing, Rocker, they had a book out uh, a few years back, and that is like it. It, it um, tells you the story from when they first opened. You know, pictures from you know the eighties, the early nineties, all the way up to sort of whenever when did it come out? About two thousand fifteen, so two thousand sixteen. And you see the transition and how the food has progressed and evolved and to yeah. where it is now, almost like El Bully style. You yeah, know, that's where it yeah. is now. You know. Um, 
and that's a very 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 good book uh, mentally to sort of look at and understand the stories uh, and then yeah to, to see the see the food as well excellent I'll, I'll put um, links yeah, to them yeah, books yeah, yeah. on the uh, yeah. show notes so anyone who wants to read them can go back and read them they'll come in helpful so you picked did you pick up the pastry side of things up at um, Hand and Flowers oh. well it started off at Adlibs to be fair as I say this, the guy who was on the pastry left and I kind of got thrust up on there at 16 years old in the kitchen didn't know what I was doing obviously was making first two months were horrific because I was making mistakes didn't know what I was doing you know going to a Saturday night service yeah. Running out of ice creams, running out of sorbets, you know, and I just because I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know why, I, I, where I had to be, you know. Yeah. And there was only three of us in the kitchen, you know. Then after that sort of probably about two months, three months, it kind of clicked, and then I kind of got into, got into it more of a stride. And then I said, I've done that sort of a year on there. Uh, Tom came, and then I said, Look, I've done double time the pastry. I want to come off. Yeah, you know, do the rest. And then we just just got a new commie in. Uh, he then went on the pastry. Um, so I'd done the sales. I, I moved on to the garnish. And then when we went on to open the, the hand of flowers, I was the garnish area opened. Then I was doing some cooking on the meat and fish. Yeah. Uh, and then I left. Came back. When I say when I came back, straight onto the garnish. That's almost like the, the section to prove yourself because it is a busy busy section. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. hard work. Done that for. Four, four or five months and then the pastry chef who was there she left um, we were having the new kitchen bill and then Tom said look can you can you just go back in the pastry get it running set it up in the new kitchen and then yeah. you can come off again and I said okay brilliant that's fine I don't mind doing that yeah did that went out done that set in the new kitchen all that jazz and then sort of one night after after work uh, I had a pint with Tom and I said look yeah, I want to come back off now I want to and he just said I think you should stay on there uh, he said like uh, you're, you're naturally gifted at it you're very good at it you know uh, he said like you, you were, you're better at your age now than I was you never will be at it you know big price just need to, just need to <laughs> obviously expand my knowledge and how things you know in terms of being able to make you know make everything yeah. produce it or I was very very obviously capable of doing it I was like, okay. And he said, you know, and then different things that he'd done along the way to sort of aid and help my my progression, which is great. I was like, getting Damien all stuff in to come and work with me for two months, who's a fantastic patient. I've worked for Ramsey, you yeah. know, let's say taught these guys, taught, uh, taught Geordie Roker, an incredible patient. He worked with me for two months and was always there to help if I ever needed him. He was based around the corner, literally. Yeah. You know, um, so he'd done all this to help me get to a level. And obviously, he was very good himself. He didn't do himself justice for his knowledge and skills. On yeah. Pastry. And then I learned a lot of that from, from, from him. So then you started at Pinellas as a um, pastry chef? Yeah, yeah. So when we came here, um, uh, Clean had a pastry chef, uh, Pete. Pete Casson, who was here, um, and I came on with him because they never really, only ever had really Pete here. Uh, and then, due to his uh, family commitments, he wouldn't work. He'd work one night in the week and then yeah. on Saturday. Um, so then, what they'd always, uh, Glenn always had was one of the uh, other guys would be on the pastry working a week. Yeah. Then they'd cover the, obviously the nights and then. Um, they swap around so everyone had a chance to go on the pastry, which is good because they get everyone's sort of knowledge. Everyone yeah. learned how to make bread properly. Everyone learned how to, you know, make work with different things. Um, and yeah, then obviously I got to the point at the hands where I've been there five years. 
got a, I went for a job uh, Tom organised me a trial at Per Se in New York yeah. went there worked a week got the job came back due to different situations back here I couldn't leave couldn't go and live in another country uh, so I was like okay and then Tom was like right, um, we'll get your trial at Fat Duck so I went to the Fat Duck got on really well there I thought right I'm going to go and work at Fat Duck for a year yeah. and then moved to Birmingham uh, and then uh, Daniel Clifford uh, who's very good friends with Tom got, Tom obviously told him the situation was happening he's, he's basically just said like, if he's only got a year he's probably going to waste it goes to that doctor to spend a bit more time there to learn everything he said my patient chef she's leaving to have a baby I need someone to come in so I went there for a trial yeah. um, got on really well got on really well all the, all the guys there they were brilliant and Midsummer House was in Cambridge it was, my only trepidation was just moving slightly closer back towards Norwich, I think we were on yeah. closer towards it. I was like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll do it. And then through different uh, uh, different reasons, I just said to Tom, look, I've got to move to Birmingham, you know, be with my girlfriend next amount of time. You know, we've been together 10, 10 eight, nine years. Was she putting pressure on me? Yeah. It's come back to, but no, did she, you, she wasn't. Did she wanted to she live in Birmingham. My career, you know, in Marlow, it's only an hour away. Yeah, so it's not yeah, really, you know, on the, yeah. on the days off stuff, it was cool. I just thought to myself, you know, it's, I can't, I've got to do something sort of now. And then I said, I said, Tom, there's only one place in Birmingham to work and that's, that's Pearl House. Yeah. Obviously having a chance of having a job available now is whatever. And so I was literally, I walked down the pub, Tom was, Tom was still drinking then, he was better in there and he went, right, okay, I'm going to make a phone call. We literally walked outside, phoned up Glyn and Glyn was, uh, it was about half 11, 12 o'clock at night, Glyn had just got home, he said, we had com- actually we had a conversation last weekend about it, he was telling some of the other chefs about the story about Tom phoning him up, saying he had a present for him, uh, <laughs> uh, Tom said I've got a present for you, and he said okay cool, he said well I've got someone leaving, so yeah brilliant, came down, came down on the trial, yeah, got, got, got the job and then moved down two months later, and then yeah, it was on the pastry, yeah we had a, a good good bunch of lads when I came in, which was interesting, because I'd been with the same people, obviously with the hand the same core of people for so yeah, long. Yeah. And then being in the kitchen where you've got no relationship with anyone. Yeah. It, was, it was a bit it was a bit strange. Um but yeah, got met some fantastic people, still to this day, like I say, good really good friends. And then just how it sort of sort of fell. Um Sue Chef left. Yeah, me and a guy called Dave Taylor who uh it was at the same time we got the we got the nod and then sort of asked to asked both the junior sous chefs. Glim was obviously See the head chef, and yeah. then I was on the pastry doing it from that side. So Dave was on uh, the meat and fish doing it from that side, yeah. and we kind of worked worked together to to, to, to run. And obviously, learning all the time, you know. Yes. Yeah. Once you come from one kitchen like that into a kitchen like this, the, the Tom and Glenn are very similar people, but kitchens are completely different. Yeah, of course. You have to learn, adapt, and see, and you know, learn the way things are done here. But then obviously, look at trying to put your mark on things and help the guys improve in the way you can yeah how long did it take you to work your way up to head chef oh, I can't get my time into it now um, so yeah I came here in 2000, 2010 January February early early that, that, that year well, did you already have a Michelin star when you yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah so literally getting opened um, 2000 and 2008 and then you had a Michelin yeah. star in 2009 that's it so you yeah. opened just just a little bit late to um, to uh, sort of to make that guy but then yeah. him, it was about opening his own restaurant being his own boss you know and then 12 months later yeah he got the star which is obviously very, very deserved so fantastic he had that then and yeah I joined uh, and then yeah so 
must have, what did I get promoted to head chef? Maybe 18 months ago now? 12 months, 18 months ago? Yeah. Do you, do you feel a big pressure in running a Michelin starred or being a head chef at a Michelin starred restaurant and kind of trying to maintain them standards of a Michelin yeah, starred? Listen, it's, it's, in, it's incredibly hard, but it's, it's also incredibly easy doing it with a fantastic team. And, you know, we've yeah. got a fantastic team kitchen, fantastic team out front. You know, obviously, Glenn's here every day. So it's not. You know, it's it's very. We've got a really good relationship, and we know when things aren't working. We know when we need to change things, or, or, and you know, and that's it. We listen to everyone's uh, opinion on things, and we, and we try and make it work work for everyone. And so far, touch wood, you know, we've 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 made we've maintained that, and it's, you know, and we've kept that that standard, and it's we never take it for granted. Every year when when it when it comes out, especially around Michelin time, yeah, you obviously constantly thinking about it you know then when you when you, when you realize once again that you've maintained that staff for this amount of time it is just a testament to how hard everyone works and, yeah. and what we do every day and how we have to keep on evolving adapting and changing the same as anything in life you stick stick to something you get you get left behind yeah. you have to change you know you know you have to keep your identity but you have to adapt and step up constantly, 100%, you, know? yeah. constantly. you have to win that star every year that's as simple as that, and we never take it for granted. Yeah, you're not maintaining it; you're, you're trying to you're, win. You're winning it every year, and that's yeah. it. You know, and that's it. Yeah, we constantly strive to for for the next level, and that's that's what we do. What was your first impressions when you came here of the food here? Yeah, great. I'd be in here, so I'd be in here. Um, as I've always kind of had this weird relationship with with Pernell, so to speak. So obviously, I nearly, I nearly went for came yeah. for a job when he was at when he was, uh, was at Jessica's. I'd. Uh, I'd Met him one drunken night in Marlow when there's a whole, say, should we call him a gaggle of chefs abound in Marlow. And Tom phoned me up and said, Come down, there's loads, you know. There's... He touches on some yeah, of the shenanigans so, in his book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I met them all. You know, first conversation I had with Glyn was when he was in the toilet, um, which is funny talking to him. He's like, Oh, you're going out with Brummy? And I was like, Yeah, oh, yeah, Brummy's a brilliant one. You fell in love with Brummy, that's it. There's no stopping. I went, I know. <laughs> it, was, it was just funny. Funny sort of first proper meeting. I'd eaten at Jessica's, um, which was great. And then I came to eat here. I had a weekend where I went to eat at a restaurant Sat Baines for my birthday. And then on the off chance, because I'd had a few days off, uh, I phoned up and see if I get a table here. It was like a Tuesday night. So I'd eat at Sats on the Saturday uh, and then eating here on the Tuesday. And me and my wife came up and I had a fantastic meal. Fantastic meal, yeah. uh, great experience, great stuff, and that's as I say. Once it came to the point where it was like, well, I'm in Birmingham, I was like, there's only one place, you know. And so yeah, the food completely different to Tom's sort of style. Yeah, that's why because um, I've been to them both, and Tom's is is great, and it and it's the kind of thing that I'd probably want to eat every week. Yeah. Whereas Panels would be if I'm having a special occasion, I'm coming to Panels. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, the, like I say, the food, especially when I left, the, the, the food style at Hans has changed changed dramatically the core values stay the same um that's because that's just a testament to the team that's still there now and how long they've been there and obviously here you know the food was different completely different to what yeah. i was used to but yeah the the, the, the the fundamental core of both tom and Glyn's sort of food knowledge and understanding is the same they're both the same generations you know what i mean they're the same same era and they have the same beliefs so it's quite easy for me to come and sort of slot in and yeah uh, then obviously learn learn new things as well you know i think after being here for the first sort of two or three years on the pastry kind of made me almost like my sort of finishing 
school of making me yeah. that much better and get, expanding my knowledge that so much so much more um, and then it's also about sort of teaching yourself so I've, I've come out of the ability and the time to be able to learn new things myself which I might not have had the time for because yeah. you the, the nature of the beast that the hand of flowers is yeah how much input do you have on the uh, menu uh, so when it comes to the menus listen everyone every time kind of get everyone involved in it as well yeah. everyone's got their own sort of bits and bobs and their their likes and their dislikes and little little things so we've got two really good sous chefs uh, Phil and Sam and so we all constantly bring stuff to the table it might just be one thing yeah. it might just be you know a piece of meat cooked in a different way it might be a vegetable uh, or a puree or something yeah. uh, and then we sort of make a dish around that or we'll come up with a dish or someone will come up with a dish and then we'll eat it and go well it needs this, it needs that, or we'll take that away, or maybe just need to add that. Yeah. You know, and we constantly work, you know, nothing very rarely comes up 100% right first time, mm. but it's made right, and when it's made right, it goes on the menu, you know, and Glenn will come in uh, some, some mornings, go, oh yeah, right, let's do this, get this, get in, let's get that in, let's get these in, let's, you know, look at something yeah. like this, and we'll get it in, we'll, we'll, we'll get it prepped, we'll get it cooked, yeah. and uh, we'll all stand around the pass, we'll put it all together, taste everything, and then once again, it'll be like, okay, well that's right, or that, no, it doesn't need that. Or maybe we could actually do it with this, you know. And then yeah. it kind of, kind of how it works, you know. So everyone gets a little say and everything. That's good. And that's it. Sometimes, sometimes with desserts as well, I'll, I'll literally be. I've got things written down from years, years back, which yeah. I kind of turned away, I looked away, and then come back to. You know, sometimes I come in in the morning, I'll be thinking of something away and go, right, okay, that's that'd be nice. Come in, make it, do it. It's nice. That's it. It's done. Yeah. Been like that, and he's like, yeah, yeah it's great. Or yeah. just do a little bit of that. Okay, cool. I know there's some subtle changes like. Um, the, obviously the uh, burnt egg custard surprise mm. which is what Fernals is famous for mm, yeah. but then there's a sort of change from like the original I think the original what came with strawberry or something yeah so obviously we, 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 we've that we follow the seasons so oh, right. soon as it gets to strawberry season they're back on back on strawberry. it comes on with strawberries uh, minute, I think it's uh, apple strudel thing. yeah so and, that, and what I've tried to do with that is obviously over the years strawberries are always on with the tarragon the black over honeycomb we evolve that obviously bring it up just the style of what we're cooking now yeah. you know and then when we move through the seasons we obviously change at the minute we're on with rhubarb which is always oh, the case nice. but once again that's then tweaked from last year you know mm. and it's because essentially it's rhubarb and custard yeah. you know this time of year yeah. and then by the time rhubarb's coming out the strawberries will be coming in you know then we can move straight into the strawberries then after the strawberries you know we're looking at sort of blackberries then we're going back onto apple and pears and quince and then we kind of go around in that sort of cycle yeah. of what we can do but we, I could try what, what I try to like to do is, is to keep this, this, the same almost flavours but adapt it and make it better for the following year so what we do this year with rhubarb will be similar but different next year and hopefully yeah. better you know and then constantly constantly evolve evolve like that and make the things that we do better yeah I love that absolutely yeah. love that uh, we're going to be wrapping up shortly now yeah. I've taken a lot of your time no, that's cool. uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole kind of restaurant scene in Birmingham in general oh fantastic yeah. literally it's it's absolutely exploded in the last sort of what four years five years you know um, obviously more, more so in the last 18 months two years there's lots yeah, lots of new things that are coming up and it's it's good it's good for the city it's only it's only can be good for the city because yeah. it brings people here and you know like a, we've obviously we've got 
quite a lot of uh, Michelin star restaurants in close proximity. Yeah. But no one's going to want to come and eat at Pernell's every night. No one's want to go want to go and eat at Adams every night. Yeah. No one's want to go and eat at Carter's every night. Well, they want to eat at the different restaurants for the different styles of food. Yeah. So for one occasion they'll come to Pernell's. One occasion they'll go to Simpsons. One occasion they'll go to yeah. go to Carter's or, or whatever. And that's that's it. That's what people tend to do now. They, they, yeah. they don't have. They don't have a favourite restaurant. We have regular customers who come all the time. Yeah. But like, they want to go and try the other guys out because that's that's life, isn't it? You yeah. know, and you want them to be able to do it. But then once, say for instance, I don't know, Adams gets the table there. They're here for three nights. Oh, they go to eat Adams Saturday. Oh, we go to eat Pernell's. Uh, sorry, we go to eat Adams Friday. Go to eat Pernell's Sunday lunch. And they kind yeah. of go, oh, do you know, what? we've had two great meals in two days. Yeah. So then next time we come back we'll come back and have dinner yeah. house, and then yeah. they'll go for lunch you know at Simpsons and you know, it kind of works like that which is great yeah. because it means everyone's busy and you've got all the all, lots of other fantastic uh, restaurants opening up as well I mean Act House just opened uh, Ophim which I still regrettably haven't been to yet unfortunately uh, I had a table and had to cancel um, but we'll hopefully be going ASAP and he's done fantastically well another restaurant in Birmingham that I really want to eat at which I just haven't had time is Folium yeah uh, I've heard nothing but good things <laughs> yeah you know and um, one of our old boys is working there uh, Shaq which is great so I'd love to go and eat there um, and I've just kind of found out as well that, I say just found out but they're open on Sunday which is kind of cool because that's my day off so should oh, hopefully be yeah. able to go but you know with uh, wife and two two young kids to entertain on my days off yeah. it's kind of difficult to swan yeah, off and go and eat in restaurants you know <laughs> uh, but yeah so uh, I say uh, there's there's loads of fan- fantastic fantastic places you know a new one opened up just around the corner Tattoo you know tattoo, Japanese yeah. uh, Asian, Asian style and I, I've eaten at the one in Manchester and that was brilliant yeah. so that's going to be good as well because it, once again it will bring people to this fantastic city especially with all the work that's going on as well I mean at the minute you look around and you go well Cranes, building work, etc., etc. But yeah. that we will all be finished soon, yeah. uh, and probably this time next year. Yeah. this city is different again, and then so. it looks fantastic for yeah. everyone, really. Yeah. Well, brilliant. Thanks a lot for that today, Luke. No uh, really appreciate your time. I know how busy chefs are. No worries <laughs> yeah, at all. That was brilliant. Thanks. Great. Well, that's that. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. This really does help us. Yeah, it really does. Even if you could just help by recommending us to a friend or a family member, helps to get our name out there. If you haven't yet seen our blog, go check it out. It's where you can find all our show notes, restaurant reviews, and other food ramblings. The website is www.breakingbreadpodcastuk.blog. Also, go check out our social media. Our Insta is full of pics of food. Also, feel free to leave comments. We love hearing from you. All the links to our social media and our guest social media can be found in our show notes. Thanks Thanks again for listening. listening. Until Until next time, time, take take care. care.